Wow, are you ready to take back your joy? Maybe you're thinking, I've never really experienced joy. I don't know if I have experienced joy. Is there more of this thing? Well, we discovered even live on the show that J and J, joy and Jesus go hand in hand. And today's incredible guest is another author. You know I love authors. Nicole Jacobs Myers, someone I got introduced to by simply sending her an IG message. You'll hear more about it in the show. But what I want you to know is that today you're going to discover a new way for taking back your joy. You're going to understand that it's not necessarily just doing the one thing, but it is a shifted mentality, something I was even convicted by in a revelation that she shared connected to service, responsibility, and leadership. What if your joy is on the other side of those things? It sounds weird. It sounds like, wait, what? I was hoping that you were just going to say, I just need to get into the word more, or I just need to worship more. I just need to go to church. Yes, yes, and yes. All those things are critical and vital, and they're going to give you lifeblood. But what is God doing in and through you based in the responsibilities he's giving you, the leadership elements that he's giving you, and the service in which you can show up in? Mm, You may not know Jesus yet. Or if you do, you're likely listening to the show. But if you know somebody who might not know the Lord yet, and they're questioning if he's even real, ask them to look through this lens. Because I'm empowered by understanding how God is working in and through every situation, even when I'm in a painful scenario, even when I feel like I'm lacking purpose. And that is so much part of Nicole's wild testimony. You guys are not going to believe that she has the joy that she does after the hardships and the heartache that she's walked through. But isn't that a part of God's goodness and his sovereignty? Oh man, I love her so much. I know there's going to be more books to come, but get your hands on this one. Follow her on all the places inside the show notes. Be sure to tag us on social. We would love for you to do that. And we just want you to know that today, even as the listener, you are seen, you are heard, and you are known. We love you. Listen up. For such a time as this, we must grow our faith and business muscles. The self-help industry is trying to own spirituality and well-being. The entrepreneurial space is becoming flooded with business pursuits focused on success instead of sustenance. But the only one who can make us fully whole, fully free, and fully alive is Jesus. So I'm ecstatic you walked into this hypothetical gym today. I'm your trainer, Tamara Andress, also coined an entrepreneurial rabbi teaching the pursuits of God, which unveil our purpose and ultimately unleash our desired provision. This FIT acronym is for founders, innovators, and trailblazers. Here, marketplace ministers conversate and educate to build others from the inside out while also sharing their testimonies of endurance. So while it's not a fitness podcast, I do surely care about your mental, physical, emotional, relational, financial, and spiritual health. You're gonna hear all about it. If you're passionate about your becoming journey, leading others to greatness, and living a life of abundance and joy, then you're well on your way to being fit in faith. Let's hydrate. All right, all right. Welcome to the Fit in Faith podcast. I am so excited to introduce you to my new friend who I met in a boutique before I actually shook her hand or hugged her or knew anything (laughs) about her, but I immediately Instagrammed her. And you guys, this is the beauty of social media. We think it's this place of like, kill, still, and destroy. 
But there's actually a lot of joy there, and you guys are going to hear not only her story of joy, but you're going to feel her joy, and just it emanates in who she is. And so, Nicole, I'm grateful for you being on the show today, and so glad we got connected. Yay! Thank you so much for having me. It's going to be awesome, you guys. And I'll share why I Instagrammed her, because I was shopping um, and I don't often shop, but the cool thing is it was in a consignment store and I am doing a year long no buy new experience. So I can only buy upcycled things. And I happened to fall into one of her best friend's stores that also in the back for all of the book lovers in the house, and that's what we're going to be talking about a bit today is books. Uh, there was a little mini bookstore, and it was so cute. And I was talking to the owner, and I was talking to her owner's daughter, and we were having this great conversation. And she said, hold on. Before you go any further, I have to get you a book. I haven't even gone into the store yet. I didn't even know the little bookstore was in the back. And they brought me Nicole's book. It's called Take Back Your Joy. And it's fighting for purpose when life is much more than you could handle. And I immediately knew that I had to connect with her. One, because I'm an author, a co-author. And she's a speaker. And she signed the copy. And I'm like, this is so good. So, Nicole, <laughs> we want to hear your story. We want to know why yeah. everyone in Belmont, North Carolina, loves you and I can't <laughs> wait to love you even more than I already do oh you're so sweet I don't even know very many people here but <laughs> they know, know you slowly but surely I do love them and how cool I just love how just random that was but God is not random is he so that Never. was no coincidence in the Lord's plan well like you said I'm Nicole and I'm a mom of four kiddos nine seven five and ages two and and so they are a bundle of fun and crazy. And my husband, Andrew, and I have been married for almost 11 years now. And then this whole, thank you. And then this whole author world just kind of entered my life. Uh, last year, I published my first book. So momming, speaking, and being an author and doing the whole writing thing is my world right now. <laughs> And I want, like, what prompted, obviously, the Holy Spirit prompted, but what was it that you were like, I need to put this into written format? Because this is no easy feat. We have people all the time through our publishing house who are like, I want to write a book. I want to write a book. And then we get on a call with them, and they're like, I don't want to write a book. That sounds like a yeah. lot. <laughs> so let's talk, like, let's talk about the raw and the real of what it is to become an author, and then even a little bit about what that author journey looks like. And so people have a bit of a behind the scenes. Yeah, so about four years ago, my husband and I were living in Colorado with our three little boys, and I had just had a miscarriage. We were, we just found out we were moving across the country from Colorado to North Carolina, and my world was kind of just sad, and I was thinking, I was grieving, I was thinking about leaving our extended family and leaving our church community. And it was just a hard season. And then, 10 days before we were set to move across the country, my son actually found this thing on my neck. And he was like, what is that, Mom? And I had no idea what he was talking about. Went over to the mirror, saw a lump. Long story short, fast forward two days, and that little lump that my son found was a cancerous tumor that was quite large. And it spread throughout all the rest of my neck, my thyroid, lymph nodes, and we were moving, and I was grieving, and now cancer. And so I was feeling this more than I can handle type of, that was my reality. Yeah. It was just more than I could handle. And, you know, we hear sometimes 
that, oh, God will never give you more than you can handle. You know, we hear that. I don't think it's actually scripture, by the way. I think I've heard that before, and it's literally not scripture. It's so true. And so I was I was told that, but I was also really trying to dive into this idea of joy and suffering. Mm. And fast forward all those, you know, months of treatment and cancer and surgery and all the things. I was just sitting there and so depressed and it was such a hard season for me coming out feeling this is not even me anymore. I used to be, you know, vivacious and joy filled and all the things and now I just so tired and depressed and feeling and in pain. And I had three little boys to take care of. And so, and my husband was obviously in pediatric residency and he was doing his thing. And it it was just a lot. And so I just started writing and journaling. I've always been a journaler, but I was just writing a lot, a lot of anger, a lot of questions, a lot of doubts. And I actually sent it to an old friend who is now my agent. And I sent it to her. This was basically word vomit like of anger and questions. And she was like, I think you have something here. And I think you have some wisdom to share. But you need to, like, hone in on the craft of writing mm-hmm. and what you actually want to help people own. Because this was word vomit. Yeah. <laughs> and we don't need to data dump all of our trauma yeah. and anger. But there is always an element that of relatability that happens when we're able yeah. to tap into that vulnerability. Um, I don't think everyone goes about their writing journey like that. I think sometimes they're like, oh, I'm going to write something that's really flavorful, and then I'm going to tell and put tidbits of my testimony because they exactly. want to appear um, to exactly. solve a problem. But you did it the yes. other way around, which is amazing. Yes. And then, you know, over the course of that next year, I just kind of – figured out and it was totally the Lord. It had nothing to do with like my great ideas or anything, but he just kind of gave me this roadmap of how this can help people realize that they can fight for this purpose and actually have joy in all seasons. Not the fake happy that's circumstantial, but this rooted, unshakable joy that you can have that in the worst of moments. And so it formed into a book, a publisher wanted it, and here we are. <laughs> so awesome. I mean, joy is such a an element of uh, divine desire for me on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. I definitely lived, you kind of alluded to it, like that happy life, that place yeah. where a lot of people assumed that I was joyful, um, and right. I portrayed that, but my inside was not in that space. And so it wasn't until I met Jesus where I actually unlocked what joy meant and was able to lay down the facade of happiness and not eagerly waiting like the next moment I was going to feel happy and realize that I could have joy in the midst of really, really hard experiences, which you walk through some I can't even put my finger to because I've not walked through. And so I'd love to hear for those women, especially who have walked through that when whether it's the losing of a child, which I know many can raise their hand to and don't even open their mouth around because it's so heartbreaking and they don't really know what to say, and or cancer. And being so young walking through that, I have one of my best friends who's been on the show in the past walk through breast cancer, and it was so wild. Mm -hmm. She had two young boys, and it's like you want to provide all of your energy. You want to give them all of what you believe God gave you in the opportunity to be their mom and you feel like you're failing them. 
So walk yeah. us through some of those heartaches and then we'll get to like, where was the unlock of joy for you? Yeah. Well, I want to rewind a little bit too, yeah. because I grew up in a Christian home, prayed the sinner's prayer early, got baptized early, Awana, youth group, all the things. But it wasn't until like my late teens and early twenties that I had this another season of just pain and evil and heartbreak. And so I had this emotionally and mentally abusive volleyball coach that really ripped apart my character and who I thought I was in Christ. And that, of course, made me, not of course, but like for me, of course, made me try to find value in a boy. And everyone knows that that never works well. And then shortly after, my father shared that he was living a life of unfaithfulness and sin. And I thought, wow, I don't really want this whole Christianity thing. Like, if this is it, I don't want it. Because at that point, I couldn't trust I couldn't trust that if my father wasn't who he said he was, is God who he says he is from the word. And so I had a lot of trust issues and hardships. But then on top of all of that, I had the most horrific event of my life and was raped. And so this season of just brokenness and anger and really just shattered, completely shattered, I... I could have been left in a ditch. Like I could have been in this dark, deep, evil trench for the rest of my life. But God always shows up. And even though I wasn't opening the word and reading everything, because look, in in Psalm 46, it says he's our ever-present help in time of need. But where was he in my ever-present? You know, why was he not not there for my biggest time of need? And so it's like, when we view God through our circumstances, mm-hmm. it never goes well. But when we know him through the word and who he has always been, because we're, un- we're the ones that change. He is yeah. unchanging. He is yeah. always a redeemer and restorer. And so the things that he started to do in my life are what slowly pulled me out of that dark trend. And that is, I believe, he does that every single time if we're willing to allow and trusting him with our pain, which is so hard, but he is so good and faithful to just start to show us the the goodness again. It really is. Even as you're talking, I watched this show with my kiddos who were uh, coming out of a a vomiting experience this past weekend to to just be honest. It was uh, me too. So it was like, Oh, not fun. But we, we had an opportunity to cozy up together on a weeknight, which is rare because we usually have sports and moving all over the place in the summertime. And we watched this movie based on a true story of this child who had um, a wild like stomach issue where basically the stomach blocked her from having any access to, um, decomposing or receiving nutrients from her food. So she couldn't eat. She had to have like a, a, a food bag, all of those things. And she was the um, middle daughter. And her mom was just like, obviously became very obsessive over the scenario to try and fix her, anything to fix her. And doctors would just write her off, write her off. And over time, they basically were like, this is helpless. She's going home to die, even though she was flying to different places to get these treatments obviously watching the whole family kind of in a demise, which I want to speak to, how did your husband handle this? What were the kids kind of walking through as you were walking through these scenarios? And ultimately, based on a true story here, y'all, she was climbing a tree outside with her older sister in the midst of having this debilitating experience of her body. 
and her the tree was about to break and collapse, and she ended up falling 30 feet into this hollow tree. Firefighters had to come, all these things, but inside of the tree, she met Jesus, and Jesus had her come to heaven, experience heaven, and basically said, I need you to go back, even though the little girl wanted to stay, and when you go back, I'm going to fully heal you. In a matter of weeks, her distended stomach, her years of treatments, all of the medication that she was on day by day by day, completely gone, completely yeah, I watched that. Did you watch this movie? Yes. I was like, like, oh my gosh, I remember that movie. And I was just like in Crying. Tears. Oh my God. I was snotty crying, Nicole. I mean, yes. it was like, what? And my babies are like, why are you crying? It's happy. And I'm like, this is joy. I promise I'm happy. And they're like, what is going on? But this is, this is the thing. In this movie, two things that are parallel and why I was like, oh my gosh, so wild that I watched this last night. We're having this conversation is that there was so much opportunity for joy in the midst of, and it wasn't until afterwards that the woman who was just struggling with her faith was struggling through depression, the mom of this child, and she was angry. She was so mad at God. She lost her faith so much. I could totally understand why, but in retrospect, she saw how sovereign, how good, how many tiny little miracles were actually taking place along the journey. And so for you... How did you pick up the joy? How did your family handle the scenarios? Were you able to have these revelations alongside God, or did it take you fighting past the anger, take you fighting past the pain in order to get to that place? Yeah, so I think it was different for each pain point. So Mm -hmm. that in the beginning, like the late teens, early 20s, in that season with the rape and the coach and my dad and the boyfriend, all of those things, I, right after all of that happened, I got called into the director's office of women's ministry and she asked me to lead a bunch of college students in Nepal on a missions trip. And I, and I told her, no, like, (laughs) wrong person. Yeah. Wrong, wrong girl. You picked the wrong one. And I was like, I'm not holy enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not reading my Bible enough. I'm questioning too much. I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. And I brought that to her through my tears and through sharing everything and what she said truly changed the trajectory of my life because she said, this is exactly why you need to leave this trip because you have nothing. You have nothing to offer. And you, in your weakness, God is going to just come in and be your strength. And it's going to showcase his glory to the rest of the people. And it's not going to be about you. And that scenario, that is what God used in my life to pull me out. And, And he knew it wasn't going to be singing songs and opening the word, he knew it was going to be responsibility, leadership. It was going to be all of these other things, the service that I had toward the team and to the people that I met on the missions trip. That is what was going to slowly restore my joy and and seeing God and who he is and how good and faithful. And he didn't have to, but he did because he loved us that much. And he's doing it in my life, and he's doing it in yours, and he's doing it in everyone's. If we can just look around, humble ourselves at the foot of the cross, and be obedient with our pain and say, take it. And then look what happens. I have like full body chills over that because it's in the least experience. It's in the least like worthiness category. It's in the least like um, mental space of all the things that we actually debilitate ourselves in a storyline that we create 
And God is still like, no, 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 child. Remember, I made you. Remember, you are worthy. Remember, you are uniquely, divinely, beautifully constructed for such a time as this to exist, to breathe. Otherwise, you could have been taken out so many times before, not to mention, like, we haven't even had this conversation, but the suicidal ideation that I'm sure parallel to many of those depressive moments I experienced myself. And it was always the sovereignty of God. And I love that you mentioned holiness because I think holiness, especially with what your dad walked through, and I don't know what his or hopeful redemption story looked like or what that coach has experienced just by perhaps never having interacted with you again, but have witnessed what the Lord has done in your life. All of these different places um, of, of miracle working moments how has that kind of been your teacher ever since and taught you through this experience of cancer and being with the kiddos and mothering and losing a child? I mean, and then in that season, I feel like it was the responsibility and service all over again because it was now with my children. Wow. Like I had to get out of bed and make breakfast. I had to bring them to school and make, you know, all the snacks. I had to do all of those things. I couldn't just lay in bed like I wanted to in my depressive state Mm. as much as I wanted to do that. And as much as like, that would be easier, that would make me happier, you know, but, but God is after our holiness and our lifelong sanctification process. And he knows that it's going to be in those moments of getting outside of ourselves and having these three little boys that I needed to love and serve and that I'm responsible for too. And that's what saved me. And I think that the responsibility will always be something and service will always be two things that I always look back on and say, okay, in my next hardship, Hmm. what does he have in front of me that I can get outside of myself and see, okay, how can I take back my joy in this situation? How can I fight for this purpose? And a lot of the times it's through service. And we don't like that. It's not fun. No. Well, because we're thinking I'm the one who's the broken vessel here. I'm the victim here. I'm the one who is sick and in ailment, right? And I, I honestly, Nicole, I've interviewed over 350 people on this podcast, and we've talked a lot about joy. We've talked a lot about pain. There's been a lot of trials. There's been a lot of triumphs, all of those things. I think people probably are like, aren't you sick of it? I never am because God always reveals something new to me. And he, I've never had the revelation of this right here of like service, responsibility, and leadership actually being what carries you through in spite of yourself. Like God will do it because you're capable because he's capable. And those three words, I'm like, whoa, that's so amazing. (laughs) But my story is very similar. In like my darkest season, I had two tiny babies under the age of two. And had I not had them, and I I never want to give the ode to the child. I always give the ode to the creator of said child. But the timing was God. And my kids wiping my tears, my kids crying in the other room and me needing to pick myself up off the bed those were the the moments that kept me alive. And that is only God that could curate something like that from a timing perspective. Yeah. And I always have to go back to the word and realizing like he is making something here. He is producing something from this horrible situation, from this trauma, from my pain. He will produce something because 
he's not a wasteful God. And like it says in Romans that he's going to produce because of our suffering, character, endurance, hope, like that is what I have to cling to. And I think all of this, not only does it start with humility, but it starts with knowing the word. If you are not in the word and knowing who God is and who you are in him, then, I mean, that's how I was. I, I was just floating around. I had idea where to land because I was not rooted in the word. Right. But now that is what can carry me through because I will have more hardships. Yeah. I don't know what it will be, but in this life we will have troubles and tribulations and suffering and it's going to happen. And so I want to be equipped and not have the enemy rob me of my joy because that's how much God loves me. Because yeah. I was thinking about this the other day, the enemy wants nothing more than to steal what God loves most. And that is you and I, that is everyone listening. It is his children. And that puts a huge target on our back. But it also makes me want to be like, dink, get out of my life. (laughs) (laughs) So simply move. Thank you. I've got places to go. And you're you're so right. And I think as Christians, I don't know where and when this became a part of what the churches are teaching uh, as far as it being as simple, like as simple as once you came to know the Lord, you're going to get all of this butterflies and rainbows in your life. Now, I look at rainbows totally different. I see butterflies all the time, but that's because I'm looking for signs from the Lord. And I'm seeing and witnessing signs from the Lord versus coincidence, versus happenstance, versus science, versus universe, versus all the things that people talk about. But understanding that we actually are a target now means Mm -hmm. that's why Ephesians 6, that's why we have to get clothed in armor every single day. And if we don't even know what that means, or that sounds really weird and we don't actually put on armor, well, yeah, you figuratively might not, or you literally might not, but you spiritually better figure it out. Because when I don't have that weapon of warfare, when I don't have those shoes of peace, when I don't have that breastplate of righteousness or that helmet of truth or that belt belt of truth and helmet of righteousness, I cannot activate. And that's when we start to activate out of flesh which puts us in really bad scenarios and puts us in tailspins of suicidal ideation because I was only thinking about myself. So it goes right right back to that service piece of get outside of yourself and look to humanity. Yeah. And I think humility starts with recognizing our need on an hourly basis for Jesus. You know, that I, yes, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I, I know all the verses, but... It's because of Jesus. And if you, like I was thinking the other day too of how before we speak, before we write a next book, before we have a really hard conversation with our kids, oh my word, I need Jesus every second of leading up to that because I'm going to fail every time. Yeah. But praise God for what he did in sending his son so that our banner is not shame and guilt and depression anymore it is love and righteousness and that is how we can move forward that it's not this like oh i'm so humble i have no confidence and don't know who i am in the lord right right. it's like i know my need for jesus and thank god i have him and i can continue forward (laughs) yeah and that banner i love jehovah nisi right like he is the banner and understanding that and actually like being proud to carry that banner 
I think yes. a lot of times we as Christians can feel, and I've actually had this conversation with men recently um, that are a part of my husband's ministry, is that they feel like Christianity has been given this meekness, this like meek yeah. is weak and therefore, oh, yeah. you love God, so he's just going to fix your problems or, oh, or you're going to quote a verse to me and that's going to fix everything. And right. that's not the intent. That's not how no. it works. That's not how he works. But the knowledge of Christ cannot be turned into wisdom until we first yeah. have the knowledge. And so that's yeah. where us being in the word, that's where us going to church and being in communion with other believers. And it's not just like I go to church to check a box. It's I go to church because I need to meet Jesus there. I yeah. need him. I need to. And I want to. I want to worship him. And I want to do it alongside other believers, even in their imperfections. They are That's crying right. out. If you're in a church, and I went to a church for a very long time when I was younger, that everyone was happy. Everyone was put together. We never raised our hands. I didn't even know what that looked like until I was almost 30 years old. We oh sang goodness. out of books. Actually, we were really saying two. We didn't even really worship. They were just really good singers wow. singing at us. So when I was 29 years old, I walk into a Pentecostal church. Girl, you better believe I was another snotty sobbing mess, like I mentioned before, because I just had my eyes open to the fact that I've never actually wanted God. I've never actually sought after him. He sought after me every single day, but I never returned in service, that servanthood, that leadership, yeah. that God, I am, I am yours and you are mine, but I am yours. Do with me as you will and guide That's me right. in the light and the way in which you would want me to go rather than me in my strength and saying it's his That's right. operating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think that part of all of this too, and I talk about this in the book as well, but like giving up control yes. <laughs> in what we have for our lives is such, it brings so much freedom and joy because when we're just the Lord's vessels, it's always better, always yeah. better. And that is where I have to, like, these are all things I have to remind daily. Yes. So anyway, yeah, don't, don't think, think we, we got to figure it out, people. We're figuring it out. <laughs> so, But good. it is. It's like those constantly reminders, yeah. daily forgiveness, daily gratitude, daily, like all of this, daily yeah. giving it up and surrendering to the Lord, daily recognizing my need for a Savior and it's all of that, and it and it is a choice, and it is not this like simple tied up, yay, put together in a bow type of joy and Christian life. That's just yeah. not how it is. No, and that's so good because that's where joy can get a bad rap, and people yeah. do take it as as surface value, and you're like, no, you're missing it, you're missing right. it, and so that's why it's critical, especially as a speaker, as an author, even as a mama, every single day, like, I don't want my kids to only see me, I'm good, I'm good, a mom is right. good, we're all fine, yeah. it's like, no, I'm really sad today, let me share why, yes. let me share yeah. what's aching in my heart today, will you pray with me, will you yes. live this life, this real life, these real emotions, because especially as a mama to boys, and I have got one myself, if I always am drying my eyes, how can they ever anticipate that I'm going to let them be a strong man who knows how to cry and is exactly. in touch with their emotions? And so yep. I'm really passionate about emotional intelligence connected to spiritual development. And what does that mean? And it's okay to have these highs and these lows. Imagine how Jesus walked every single day. He wept, and yet he knew that he knew that he knew that this is my next step. And so there are moments where I'm like, 
pushing and screaming as God's like, this is where you're going. And I'm like, are you sure I have to make this hard decision? And he's like, yeah, you absolutely are going to walk through this cancer battle and you're going to be on the other side of it. You're going to walk through the loss of this child and you're going to be on the other side of it because he makes all things for good. All right, quick interruption, but actually it's not really an interruption. It's an invitation. It's an invitation for you to come deeper not just be a podcast listener that we really never get to interact with, but be a part of the family, be a part of the foundation of what the founder collective is heart premised on. And that's Ephesians 2.19, that we are found in him, that we are a family and operating as one on the foundation of Christ with him as our chief CEO, our chief cornerstone. And what does that look like? How can you come in further? Well, we have a weekly founder collective call. That's a Zoom call. We'd love for you to be a part of it. It's open conversation, similar to how we have this podcast, talking about business practices and truth principles and how we're actually living a life on purpose and in the presence of God consistently. Additionally, we're inviting you to our annual conference. This is be our third annual conference. You can go to thefoundercon.com. Again, that's thefoundercon.com. And you'll get to hear people like Jay worship and teach and share from his testimony. Anthony, Pastor Anthony, the bearded wonder. (laughs) He's going to come to you with his fiery flaming shoes and his voice and the belly. The fire that's within his belly comes out in such a dynamic way when it's on stage. Myself, my team, and all the incredible people who are part of this family. It's not just us. And we want you to be in on the us because we want to make way for your message, for your movement to be known and to be equipped and to also be resourced. We love sharing resources, which is what we do in that weekly call. So you're invited. You're invited. Come one, come all to all the things. If you need more information, I'm sure wherever you're listening to this or seeing this, you can get it in the link. So look, go a little deeper, go a little further into what God is calling you into. This is a summoning. This is a call. This is a roundup for you to also be fully founded in him as a founder in the Founder Collective. Yep. Oh, so good. I love this. It's so good. So I want to know, Nicole, after you publish the book, and a lot of authors don't realize that your book is also a business. And I've done my little Instagram searches. I've done my website. You have some media. You have some PR. You've got some some really talent in the creative flow of how you show up, whether it's digital art, whether it's your box company that you created. I'd love to know how all of this then emerged, that next level of entrepreneurship and service through ministry. You know, it's funny because I was actually going through a box of my old stuff when I was in elementary school the other day, and there in there was this thing like the American Girl Moneymaker. I don't know if you know that, but it was like it was like all these different ways to make money during the summer, and I just loved it. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do a bee company, and I'm going to make lemonade, and I'm going to do all these things. So I've always had this like entrepreneurial heart, but I as I've put ministry as far as boldly proclaiming the gospel every chance I get. That's my ministry. I don't have a, I don't have a name. I don't have like a LLC. I don't have any of that. I will just boldly proclaim his faithfulness day in and day out, whatever, however I can. And that has changed a little bit because it's had to shift from like entrepreneurial and opportunity and then like doing things that actually benefit others. And not for the, for a dollar, you know, but actually for the kingdom advancement. And so I think for me being able to, 
Like I love boutique things. I love putting together items. I love helping, you know, these ministries that rescue and rehabilitate survivors of human trafficking. Like I love just being invested and having this like purpose and with your church and there's so many avenues, right? And so it's, I find now it's hard for me to quote unquote niche down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's like yep. the thing, like you do the one thing. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to break up with that. Yes, because that will never be me. I will yeah. never be just a mom or just an author. Like, I want to go where the Lord wants me to go. And I don't need a title. I don't need to even talk about it. I'm just going to do it. And if everybody wants to come along for the ride and read my book or buy a joy box, like help out with ministries, great. But I don't know. I just, I see it. So there's like this Christian women's author world that is so interesting to me Mm -hmm. that I've been having to like piece almost like break down and figure out, okay, is there even a seat at that table for Mm -hmm. me? And do I even want that? Mm -hmm. You know, because I don't want to strive towards things that aren't making a difference. And I don't want to strive towards something that's not mine. So it's, I'm in a weird place right now. No, that's really powerful. I'm going to say it again. I don't want to strive for not making a difference. And I also don't want to strive for things that aren't mine. Because we obviously know that while social media has its positives and we can connect in places like that with people across the globe, there's also that huge element of comparison. And having access isn't always a good thing unless you have access to the Lord. And so understanding that his spiritual eyes, his spiritual lens allows us to go into places like that and see, like, does my heart connect? Does my spirit connect? Do I align with said situation? And oftentimes, and we talked about this before we even got on camera, sometimes our spirits can be manipulated because of the posture of how somebody else shows up or their good branding or their great messaging or the niche that they created or the Facebook ad that they'd spent money on or, you know, so on the the t-shirt line that they generated. I found out recently that there's a Christian clothing company that's not Christian, but they found out that Christians will buy taglined verses and they are not in their faith. And I was like, oh, that's just wrong. That's just terrible. Okay, what? (laughs) Seriously, though. I mean, think about it. Even there's now coffee houses that are now presenting themselves to churches as I'll come in and I'll put this coffee house in because that's the cool, new, trendy thing in churches. They're not walking in their faith. They're not spirit led. And churches are allowing it to happen because they get to make more money. And so there is like so much that can happen. So when you said that, I'm like, girl, I am on the same page. Like this is a really important conversation. And and I think, yes, we say social media can be great. I mean, look what we're doing. Look how we connected. Yes, God can use it. But you don't see fruit on social media. Ah, come on. You, you, You don't. Like you can see all the things. You can see your highlight reel. You can even post how sad you are and how depressed you are and how God is doing so many things in your life because blah, blah, blah. Like you can post the heart. I I do it. Okay. So I'm not ratting out anybody, (laughs) but you can be real. You can be authentic. You can showcase the highs and the lows, but you cannot prove your faith and show fruit on social media. 
And so that's when you have got to have discernment with people that you follow. Yeah. You've got to have discernment with even the churches that you walk into. Cause they yeah. might look real good on Instagram yeah. and highlight some real great reels, but then you get in there and the teachings like, where's the Bible? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and we're after, we're so after the like, I don't know, just the visibility instead of the invisible obedience that yeah. no one needs to see because it's you and God on judgment day, not you and all these people who think you're cool. <laughs> it's so true. And and I've been stuck in the element too at times where I'm like, I'll look and, and be like, oh, how many views did that get? Right. And I'm like, oh, why do I do that? Stop doing that. And I've had to go yeah. into fasting from it specifically because these things are more addicting than a lot of the addictions that people will raise their hands to. And so right. it's critical for us. I want to be addicted to the word. I want to be addicted yep. to Jesus in the best way that's possible right. because if that's where my like flow comes from, there is no denying that we are going to breathe life with our words and our actions and discernment wouldn't be a problem. But honestly, discernment yeah. is one thing that I've had to pray over so much. I've gotten stuck in so yeah. many sticky situations because of it, specifically well, in the too. business realm. And I've had to go to friends and be like, hey, why didn't you tell me that there was a red flag in your spirit? They're like, oh, well, I trust you. I feel like you know God. I feel like you're a real, you have a good discerning spirit. And I'm like, hello, like we are yeah. a body for a reason. I am not yeah. going to lean my right arm on the stove and my left arm isn't going to tell me. My left arm is going to say, whoa, that was hot, right? right? And right. so I have been very vocal with the people that I trust and have discerned over their fruit, bearing witness to their fruit for years. Hey, I need your wisdom sometimes. Sometimes I'm moving so fast that I need someone to be like, hey, guess what? You're going to head towards that tree and you're going to run right into it. And because yeah. I'm not paying attention, I'm going to get lost or the person that I invite yeah. into said scenario. And so I feel like what often can happen, especially in the digital world, entrepreneurial world, author world even, and it goes back to what you said, is we can get so self-centered in what yeah. even we're doing for God that is good, right? What yeah. we're even, God has told us that we're we've been spoken into, that we're activated on, that he's like, hey, remember, you're a body of Christ. Hey, remember, I call you all the church. Hey, remember, yeah. you're all my chosen children. And so that service heart allows us to then take that wide perspective on, hey, what's going on here? How can I yeah. be of service? And what does that look like? It will change the trajectory of your business. It really will. Yep. Oh, I believe it. And your, in your life. In your absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Your relationship, because that's one of the reasons marriages fail. We're so self-centered, right? And yep. like, well, he didn't do this for me, or he said this, or he hasn't. And it's like, well, what have you done recently? Right. Right. And no one likes, and that's where no one likes to talk about that. Yep. But a Christian life is a life of self-denial. Oh, and yes. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. And yep. if you want to hold on to your sins or you want to hold on to something, that you've got to give it up. Wow. You have got to give it up. And no one likes being told that because we're, we, we like our comfort. Yeah. We yeah. like our issues. We like yep. to talk about our issues. <laughs> yes. But, like, we got to give, we got to give all that stuff up if we yeah. want that well-done, good and faithful servant right. at the end of our life. Well, honestly, Nicole, that was one of the reasons that I wrote my book was because my shame had become a shackle 
And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want this to be inside of me anymore. Yeah. And yeah. if I can put it out on paper and I can put that on a bookshelf and I can point to it, it's over there. It doesn't any longer confine itself or, or control me. And so yeah. it was a reason. It's a whole reason I started a podcast. I said, I'm in the midst of a, of a crummy situation and I need to figure out, are other people walking through this or am I the only crazy one? And I want to know about it through a Christian lens. And it's been so eye-opening. And again, every episode, I have an opportunity for conviction. Every episode, I have an opportunity to become more like Christ because people like yourself are willing to share, hey, I haven't made it yet, but this is the part of me that he has cultivated well. And this is the part I'm still working on. And so I appreciate not only your humility and your vulnerability, but also the parts of you that like, this is your wisdom well. This is why your book matters. This is why your next book matters. This is why your everything that you're putting out into the world that's aligned to him is something that we can see and taste is good. And that's why being in real life person with people and knowing their fruit is so critical because otherwise we're going to have a bunch of sour apples and that's going to be all the sustenance that we get. And that's not what we want because we're made for more than that too. Yeah. And yeah. when we give up our when we give up our pride and our selfless and, and become selfless, like just watch what God does. Yeah. Golly. And that's what I, I love because he's always faithful and always yeah. good. Yeah, he really is. Nicole, you have been such a treasure. And I feel like we could go down so many more rabbit holes. Yeah. I guess my next question, and I don't know if it's going to catch you off guard or not, um, but hopefully it doesn't because I know that there's more brewing inside is what's next? Like, I know people can come in and be a part of the ministries that you're creating now. Where, where are we going? If we, if we come in now, where are we headed? I mean, I have some burning words that I need to write down. <laughs> and you know what? Maybe it'll be another word vomit situation <laughs> where I send it to my agent and say, what do you want to do with this? <laughs> but I... I have really been like, you know, we have this joy, we have this purpose. Okay, I've walked through that. We're fighting for all of this goodness and joy and purpose again after the heart. Okay, now what? And so I think for me, I'm in this season of how do you continue having perseverance with the everyday trials? It doesn't have to be the really deep stuff that I've walked through, the really, really hard stuff that I've walked through. But how do I keep going with resilience and trust and humility? And how do we get that well-done, good and faithful servant? What are the things that we have to give up? How do we cultivate those? Who do we surround ourselves with? What do we learn? Like, I have a lot of things that I'm processing. And I pray that it becomes a book. But, you know, I also don't want to put it past what God's doing. (laughs) It's not in the book. I don't know. It's so cool, though. But I mean, there's the speaking side of what you do as well, which the speaking connected to teaching. And then there's a product element. I mean, there really is a lot that you have brought to life that he's brought to life through you. And I think it's so beautiful to know that, like, we don't always have to have it figured out. It can be in the process and we can still be at peace in the process of it all and that it doesn't have to be fully formulated. I think there's this huge, um, especially in the business coaching world, like know your purpose and know your calling. And ultimately to figure that out, you just have to go to the Bible and it's the same for you as it is for me. And it's not this like mystical, what would it be God? Like, it's not that it's clear as day that we are meant to go and make disciples of nations. 
How That's we right. do that looks different. What that looks like yeah. looks different because we all are creative beings. But if all of our missions are the same, then what are we looking for? What Everyone's looking for Jesus, which I'm grateful for, but they don't know that. And so I love that you are forthcoming in the fact that like, hey, what you're missing, that joy that you want is Jesus. I'm glad that Joy and Jay, they're both Jays. They both got the same. I love alliteration. But it is really what people want because I know that so many people are depraved of joy. And that's what ultimately we need. We need to take back our joy. I mean, I do all the time and I wrote it, so... (laughs) Exactly, exactly. That sometimes we're our biggest, like, we're our biggest teachers. And it, that's yes. why, like, we write it down. And he's like, remember, yeah. remember, you wrote this. Yes. Remember, I gave this to you. And it's yes. just like a sermon. Like, on a Sunday, you'll say something. You're like, I'm preaching to me right now. I don't even know why I'm yeah. here. And you end up leaving, and you're like, wow, God, that was really good. Yes. Thank you. And then everybody else ends up getting a piece of the pie, too. That's that yes. overflow piece that I think is so beautiful. Well, I have been receiving your overflow today. And I am so grateful for your time here on the show. And I know it's going to bless so many people. Um, you guys are have all the links to everywhere that Nicole hangs out. Um, and so I hope that you guys get invested in her community. I hope that you get her book, Take Back Your Joy. It's Yay! incredible. And uh, I know that there's more to come. Whether you think they're written or not, I, I believe there I will be. I receive it. I receive it, Tamara. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen in freedom, in flow, and it's going to be all yours. So without needing to say anything else, I'm grateful. You guys have an amazing day and be sure to connect with Nicole Jacobs-Meyer. We'll see you soon. Hey, y'all. It's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you might even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together, and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts and facts, and it's going to be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to, and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener, and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. Y'all, we all got weaknesses. It's okay. Just acknowledge what those weaknesses are and be willing to confront them. Even when restoration doesn't work, forgiveness always does. Chris, how did you overcome the whole passive husband thing? I led him through it. (laughs) (laughs) There is work for us to do. It is not just sit back and cross my arms and just kind of wait for God to drop the miracle. Hey, y'all, it's Dana Shea. For real faith-based marriage advice, be sure to tune in to Real Relationship Talk on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.